You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for yet another broadcast. We thank you that this is a topic that is near and dear to your heart, and you are here with us today to help us get back into our right mind. We thank you that because we live in union with you, we have the mind of Christ. And it is possible to live continually in life and peace with a spiritual mind. And so Father, we just um, we just rely on you today to lead and guide us into all truth by the power of your Holy Spirit. Take us where you want us to go, renew our minds, expand our hearts, Father, so that we can receive more of our inheritance in Christ and experience the fullness of what it means to be a new creation. So we just uh, say, you know, think through my mind, speak through me today and bless every listener, Father, with an upgrade, with a new revelation, Father, with truth that sets them free. And we're just going to expect you to do even exceedingly abundantly above all that I've just prayed, all that I even know to ask, that I dare to dream according to the power of the Holy Spirit that works in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome, you guys. We are here for part two of the new series that I started in part one called Are You In Your Right Mind? And I just think that's just the funniest title to call this series. And I I got it straight from the Holy Spirit because I do think that you know, if God could get tired, <laughs> I think that sometimes it would be exhausting to live inside of our minds, to live inside of us and live inside of our thought life, right? And because our thoughts are so, so very important, um, you know, as a man thinketh, so is he. Uh, in Third John 2, uh, the Apostle John said, Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. And so all throughout scripture, we are told to meditate on things that are lovely and pure, to meditate on the word of God. We are taught that the way we think is really, really important. I mean, soul prosperity leads to divine health, uh, divine increase. And it's amazing to me that this is all coming from our thought life, you know, uh, our, our mind really is the battlefield. I mean, I remember reading that book by Joyce Meyer years ago and getting such a revelation of the importance of our thought life. And if any of you kind of know my history, I mean, in my in my 20s, I mean, many decades ago at this point, you know, I really struggled. I struggled with anxiety. I struggled with depression. And as I began to uh, understand the power of my thought life and understand the power of thoughts as uh, tangible things, as things that are creative, that really will create um, me, <laughs> create my life, I started to take them a lot more seriously. And what, it, you know, as a coach, I can tell you this, that the concept that it's not really what happens to us that causes uh, pain and suffering, but really the way we think about it, uh, the meanings we make of the things that we go through is what leads to emotional suffering. It's what leads to us going through cycles and patterns in our life over and over again, and really understanding the power of breaking those cycles through changing the way we think has been life transforming, not only for me, but honestly, all of the people that I have coached over the years to step into the fullness of what it means to be a new creation and experience union with Jesus. Um, you know, the idea that we are new creations and that we are one with God right now is a truth. It is true that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. It is true that your spirit has been joined to the Lord and you are one spirit with him. It is true that, um, you know, as we abide in Christ, as we put on Christ every single day and we put off the old man and we, we recognize that our old nature, our sin nature was crucified with Christ. And now it's us that no longer lives. We have access to an entirely new way of living, an entirely new reality. 
uh, you know, the, the thoughts and the, the truths that heaven is within us, that we are carriers of the king and his kingdom. I mean, these are revolutionary concepts. These are revolutionary gospel goodness truths that have the power to completely shift our experience of what it means to be alive and here, you know, on the planet. But here's the deal, beloved. I mean, it's it's one thing to hear the truths, but it's another thing to meditate on these truths and make these um, foundational core beliefs that we uh, live out of on a daily basis so that they become a way of being. And so biblical meditation and really what I want to say is focusing your thoughts on the truth of our identity in Christ and focusing on the truth of the gospel is how we step into being a spiritually minded person who is walking in the spirit, who is walking by faith and showing up, you know, with whatever problems we have in our life at any given moment or the problems that are facing the people uh, that we are in relationship, uh, the problems that they're facing. It's, how, you know, how we show up in our communities, how we show up uh, in at work, how we show up to be an overcomer and more than a is absolutely determined by the way that we think. And so our thought life is absolutely crucial. It is crucial to us living a victorious life. In fact, it's so crucial that in my students and uh, in the clients that I coach, you know, we absolutely <laughs> encourage everyone to start their mornings with a daily ritual. Because when you wake up in the morning, you know, as the thought, as your mind goes, as your thought goes, you know what? The rest of your day follows. And so starting your day out, remembering who you are, uh, declaring your identity in Christ, putting on Christ like you put on your clothes every day is absolutely not absolutely not optional if you're going to fulfill your purpose because your purpose re purpose requires you to show up supernaturally your purpose requires that you are connected to Christ that you are abiding in the vine and that the father has access to do what he's going to be doing through you that day we have to wake up you know not just physically, but we have to wake up spiritually every single day so that we can connect to the unseen realm and we can operate from a higher dimension, from the kingdom reality, rather than just going through our lives as mere fallen, you know, disconnected from God, human beings, and, you know, praying from a place of victimhood or powerlessness rather than from a place of union with Jesus. And so, you know, this is a really crucial teaching. And, and, and really what I want to say is that we have to live out of our right mind. And the right mind, the sound mind, is not governed by the spirit of fear. It's not governed by uh, the natural world. It's not governed by the input of our five physical senses. It is governed by the Holy Spirit. And so our foundation scripture for this teaching, I just want to read it again uh, this morning is found in Romans 8. And, uh, you know, I, I'm reading it in the NIV uh, translation this morning. And I just want to take a moment. I did this on purpose because the, NI, the NIV is, a, is an interesting translation in the way that they translate Romans 8. And I'll, I'll hop into that in just a moment. But let me read starting in Romans 8, 5. And let me... Um, go through that in verse six. It says, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. Verse six, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. Uh, if I read verse six in the King James Version, which I'm not going to change it, I just know it by heart. It says that the, uh, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Okay. And so the NIV says a mind governed by the flesh. And the King James Version says to be carnally minded. Okay, so this word flesh and this this word carnally minded has, has been a little bit of a source of confusion, I feel like, in the body of Christ. I think a lot of us grow up with a theological perspective that is not rooted in a Christocentric lens. And what I mean by that is 
Um, it's not rooted in really what Jesus accomplished on the cross uh, from a co-identification perspective. Uh, many of us grow up with a version of the gospel that basically is a separated from God uh, version of the gospel. And it goes something like this. It says that, you know, Jesus died for our sins and that because Jesus died for our sins, we can now be reconciled to God relationally. And when we die, we go to heaven. Right. But then it also kind of presents that the rest of our life is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle between our spiritual nature or our, our, our new nature and our old nature. And so there's like this battle that we live in for the rest of our lives between our sin nature and our uh, new nature. And so it's like we have this dual nature perspective on human beings and on ourselves, right? So we have this, this sin flesh, this sinful nature that, you know, we're constantly trying to subdue and we're constantly trying not to follow that there's, you know, the temptations of all of that. And we're just in this constant battle with our flesh, right? And so if, if you grew up in that, like I did, you know, it, it, it really, leaves you in a, a, a quandary, really. And you view even just the whole context of, say, Romans 7, where, where Paul is talking about his battle against this, you know, flesh and, and the law. And, you know, he doesn't, he, he tries to do what is right, but he can't do what is right. And it's this kind of, this, this battle to be spiritually minded. But the truth is, that is not the correct lens to view the cross through and it's not a correct view to view ourselves through okay we do not have a dual nature okay we are not in this battle with an old nature or the sin nature or the flesh flesh type nature okay uh, when you have a Christocentric view of the gospel and you recognize that the gospel that Paul preached is a co-identified gospel, in other words, the gospel really is a message about our co-crucifixion with Christ. It wasn't just that Jesus was dying uh, for our sins. He was dying as us. He was truly absorbing the sin nature of humanity in his body on the cross. Uh, you know, uh, scriptures like, um, I think it's 2 Corinthians 17 says that, you know, he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might become or we might be the righteousness of God in Christ. And so there was a lot more going on the cross than this forgiveness, the transactional forgiveness of our individual sins, right? There was a crucifixion that was occurring, not of Jesus, but of us, right? That is why the Apostle Paul, um, we'll talk about it in Galatians, and I'll just pull it up really quick so you have the scripture reference, um, that um, he was crucified with Christ. And it was he that, you know, he was no longer living, uh, but yet Christ was living in him, okay? So let's, um, let's go to that scripture in Galatians 2.20, and let's just look at that really quick, because this, this is really important within the context of being spiritually minded. Because if you think that you're battling your old nature rather than an old mindset, it is a completely different perspective on your identity, okay? And so let's just go over here really quick to Galatians 2.20, and let's read um, what the Apostle Paul said about this. And again, I'm still in the NIV translation. And here's what it says in the NIV in verse 20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God. Other translations say by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then he says, if I, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. Let me read this in a, a different translation. Let me read it in the Passion Translation. Let's see how that reads. Galatians 2.20, it says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Christ and no longer lives. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me, dispensing his life into mine. 
Okay, so Galatians 2.20 talks about this co-crucifixion that happened with the Apostle Paul in Christ. But it didn't just happen with the Apostle Paul in Christ. If truth be told, it happened for the entire human race. Uh, I was just teaching um, a sermon on Sunday where I was talking, um, I was in, oh, I'm trying to remember the scripture reference. Uh, it's in 2 Corinthians. Uh, let me. It's in 2 Corinthians 5. Let me go over there. Because it says if Christ died, uh, he died for all that Jesus, the crucifixion of Christ, the co-crucifixion that happened with us and Christ is for the entire human race. He was the uh, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the whole world, right? In 1 John, it talks about how he is the propitiation uh, um, for our sins. He is the atoning sacrifice for, for the entire human race, okay? So let me... um. Uh, find where I'm going. It's in 2 Corinthians. Sorry, I'm in 1 Corinthians. If you go over to 2 Corinthians 5 here, I want to chat about this. Um, it says this um, in verse 17. Okay, this is 2 Corinthians 5.17, which actually that other scripture I mentioned a moment ago was 2 Corinthians 5.21. So if I, I did the wrong reference. So 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ... He has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new. Okay, I'm going to go up a little bit hot, um, higher. Um, let me just, let me get into a different translation that's going to read a little um, less, I don't know, flowery. It's beautiful, but I want to read something pretty simple here. Okay, so in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 14, it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. Okay, so the message of the cross is a message of humanity's co-identification with Jesus, that as he died, all died, and that Christ you know, God was in Christ, it says in Colossians chapter one, reconciling the cosmos, reconciling the world to himself. And so when you read the epistles, you will find this co-identification language all throughout, really, the, the New Testament. Um, in Romans chapter six, it talks about we should reckon ourselves dead. Uh, in Colossians 3 verse 1, it says that Christ's resurrection is our resurrection too. So the gospel is a message about the uh, our, our death, our co-crucifixion with, with Christ on the cross, our co-burial with Christ, right? Which that was why we do baptism, because it symbolizes our death. And then our resurrection with Christ, and then actually our ascension with Christ. Uh, that You know, in Ephesians, it says that while we were yet dead in sins, Christ died for us. And died, you know, died as us. And so then we ascended and we're seated now in heavenly places. And so this co-identification with Christ is, is central if we are going to understand what it means to be spiritually minded versus what the mind of the flesh or the mindset of the flesh is or what the to be carnally minded versus spiritually minded. Okay. There are, you do not have two natures, all right? We are not, um, you know, don't have a split personality where, you know, part of us is evil, part of us is sinful, part of us is, uh, you know, still struggling under sin. No, sin has been extracted from our nature. In fact, sin was crucified with God, with Christ on the cross. And as a new creature, new creation, we have a new nature. It's the righteous nature of God. It is a gift from God through our co-identification with Jesus. Okay, so that is a myth, you guys, that we have some kind of old nature that we're in battle with. And I just really, like the NIV translation does a really poor job, honestly, in Romans chapter eight of really pointing that out. And it's easy to get confused and think that we have this like dual nature that's at war with our, it, with, we have this war going on within ourselves between these two natures. No, the flesh and to be carnally minded, the, the mindset of the flesh and the, well, that's what it is. It's a mindset, right? So the mindset after the flesh or to be carnally minded means that we are living out of an unrenewed mindset that is viewing things not from a co-identified position in Christ. Okay, it means that we are living according to our five physical senses, that we are not living like a new creation, but we're living like we're still, have, was, we're never crucified with Jesus. 
and we are we are you know using our natural minds we are using our natural senses we are using human reason and the wisdom that comes not from above or from the holy spirit or from discernment but the wisdom that is just purely natural in fact in james it says that it's sensual knowledge that it's sensual wisdom and that it's actually evil and it's demonic and that is really what the mindset of the flesh or to be carnally minded is it means a mind that is governed by the natural realm by the fleshly realm which just means the natural natural human realm okay and so when we are just thinking like mere human beings that we are living and thinking from a carnal mind right and we all have a propensity to do that why because we all have an unrenewed mind okay in romans 12 2 it says do not be conformed to in, in certain translations it says the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and this transformation that takes place when we renew our minds is not us becoming something we're not it, a, a better a better word for transformation in this in this context is that we are being transfigured right that we that the unveiling of christ in us is what happens as we renew our mind to the truth of what has happened on the cross and and who we are in christ okay so to be spiritually minded is a mindset that is set on um what jesus has done it's 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 living out of an identity that has been co-crucified and when we when we set our minds on the truth of the gospel and we set our minds on the things of the spirit and what the father is doing and what holy spirit is teaching us each and every day or walking through life from a place of abiding in that place where we live and move and have our being inside of god and we are we are mindful of our union with jesus well guess what the result is the result is life and peace and when we live out of this other mindset where you know we're separated from god we're just you know we have all of these judgments about ourselves and about others and about our circumstances and we're just judging things from a pure natural perspective uh then well guess what it, it leads to death it leads to um you know all of these negative emotions and and guess what negative emotions do like anxiety and stress and those kinds of things well you know what they do they make us sick you know, I mean, every thought we have releases chemicals in our brain. When we think on things that are lovely, we have, you know, neurochemicals that, that actually uh, bring peace into our bodies. And when we think on, on stressful things and we worry and we, we think dark, negative, depressing thoughts, well, guess what? There are chemicals that are released in our bodies, you know, cortisol and all kinds of stress hormones that are released into our body and they, it physically affects us. So this death uh, process is not just something that happens because, you know, we're just natural and we get sick. I mean, truly our thought life, it, 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 that's why John said that, you know, if you want to prosper and be in good health, then our souls must prosper. I mean, I just, I cannot overstress the connection between our physical health and our thought life. Okay. I mean, the mind, body, spirit connection is very, very real. And as someone who ministers to people in need of healing day in and day out, as someone who has struggled with my own health issues, as we all have, I can tell you that over and over and over again, I see physical manifestations of divine health when mindsets shift, when strongholds are replaced with the truth. Um, the truth sets us free from death, right? So it's not enough to be um, emancipated from a life governed by the flesh because Jesus did it and he he, cruci he was crucified and it's a it's a, a done deal. You guys, we we have the power to agree or disagree, and our agreement is really really important. And I don't mean just the kind of agreement that we just say yes, that's true, but I mean the kind of agreement that is in our heart, the kind of agreement that comes from our subconscious thinking, that comes from a renewed mind, where we are living as as new creations by default every single day okay so this this spiritually minded thing is a really big deal you know and that that doesn't really even take into the account take into account that there is it must 
We must live spiritually minded if we're going to stay connected to the Holy Spirit and we're going to live from a place where our spiritual senses are activated. So we are not being led by our physical ones. You know, um, I think it is a, a just a, a, a tragedy for many in the body of Christ that they have really not been taught how to live by faith. Like, what does it mean to live by faith? Right. It, it doesn't mean just to live by faith in the sense that I believe Jesus is my savior. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. No, living by faith means that I am living not according to my five physical senses, that I am connected to the unseen. You know, in Hebrews 11, uh, the writer says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In the amplified version, it says, in it, faith perceives as fact what is not revealed to the physical senses. And so faith is a way of seeing. It is a way of hearing. It is a way of living that is above the carnal thinking. It's above the carnal mind. It is connected to the invisible reality of the kingdom that is with us 24-7 because it's in us 24-7. And when you look at the way that Jesus operated in his earthly ministry, you can see his operation by faith and his connection to the spirit realm all the time that he was focused on what the father was doing. And he was going into all kinds of situations, not judging them uh, from a mere human perspective. He was, he was operating as a spiritual uh, son of God. And, and from that position, he could walk into situations where there were lack, where there were multitudes to fill, f uh, feed, and all of a sudden he would have a strategy of how to release heaven, how to release the supernatural into that situation because he was not being governed by just the mere natural realm. You know, when you read that story, um, it's kind of interesting because he's kind of testing his disciples. How are we going to feed all these people? Right. And they go immediately to like the treasury to find out how much money they have. And they don't have enough money to go feed the multitude because they're looking only at the natural realm. But Jesus simply multiplied the loaves and the fish by holding it up to heaven and blessing it. And blessing it just means bless a blessing is an increase. Right. It just means multiply, be fruitful. Right. And so Jesus was supernaturally bringing increase, literally materializing more bread and more fish from the invisible realm because he was spiritually minded. And if we are going to do the same works as Jesus and even greater works than Jesus, which, by the way, because he lives inside of us, his ministry is still active. But he, if we're going to do that, we have to also live from the place of the supernatural. We have to live from a place where what we see is not all there is. Beloved, what, 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 you know, the money that you have in your bank accounts right now is not all that you own. It's not the full inheritance that belongs to you in Christ. You have invisible resources. You have invisible finances. And there are strategies, strategies of the Father, strategies of the Spirit that material are what is in heaven that belongs to us in Christ. And even when you go into the Old Testament and you look and you just become a student of miracles, you will find that God over and over and over gave strategies to people to transform the natural realm. So they were hearing from another dimension. They were following instructions from the Holy Spirit, from another direct dimension. And then they were simply walking out in the natural whatever those instructions were that led to an invasion of spiritual reality, whether it was the walls of Jericho falling down, whether it was Elijah declaring that it was going to not rain for three years over and over and over again. Uh, people that were spiritually minded were materializing the invisible realm. Okay. And uh, you know, there is science now <laughs> that basically proves that our thoughts interact with the quantum realm, that our thoughts are tangible, that every thought that we have and every emotion that we feel, that our inner life is not just something that we hold in secret, that there are electrical and magnetic frequencies 
that go out based upon the way that we're thinking, based upon the way that we're feeling. And we are constantly broadcasting faith in something. We are constantly creating reality by the way that we are thinking, by the way that we are speaking. These are completely scriptural principles. Things like, you know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, they're not in the power of sickness and disease. They're in the power of the human being that is speaking these things, right? Um, it, this is a, a fascinating thing to study how the quantum realm responds to human observation, how it responds to human emotion and how we are connected by, by design. We are connected by design to the, to the unseen realm and to the physical realm and that we have dominion over it because God said human beings will have dominion over it. And so we do. The question is, are we, how are we dominating it? Are we dominating? it with negative thoughts and and creating things in our lives that we don't want are we operating according to the, the the wisdom of god and the strategies of god or are we operating according to natural wisdom and the way things appear in the natural which is absolutely how the enemy governs the earth is because people are carnally minded and we say we speak lack, we speak destruction, we complain, we, we feel victimized, we, we, we operate as though we are powerless. And because of that, we are creating those realities all the time, just by design, guys. So faith is an operation, whether it is faith in reverse, and we are now believing and having faith in things that we absolutely don't want in our lives, or we are believing and having faith in things that are in agreement with the with the government of God, with with the kingdom of heaven, and we are materializing heaven on earth. Are we? I mean, so we could say it this way: Are we materializing hell on earth? Are we materializing? Um, heaven on earth, because when we are carnally minded, it is death. When we are carnally minded, we are materializing death. And when we are spiritually minded, we are materializing life and peace. And Jesus is the Prince of Peace and Jesus is the life. And so if we are spiritually minded and thinking with the mind of Christ and, and connected with the mind of God, then we will be materializing uh, heaven on earth. We will be operating what we call supernaturally, but really what, what we're saying is that we will be operating the way that Jesus operated. This is the default way that a son of God operates. That's why the apostle Paul tells us to think on things that are lovely and of pure and of good report. I mean, it's my opinion that the reason why Paul learned to be content in every situation that he knew how to abase and he knew how to abound is because he was not governed by sense knowledge. He understood that whether he has a lot in the natural or whether he has a little in the natural, it is not the definition of his net worth. It is not the definition of everything that he owns because he is a joint heir with Jesus and he has an inheritance in the invisible realm. He has an overflowing, infinite, abundant supply available to him. And then he goes on to teach about finances from a perspective of sowing and reaping and that when we sow, we simply are planting in the spirit and we get a harvest out of the spirit. So he was living from a position that God supplies our needs according to his riches and glory, which another translation would say according to our joint riches in heaven because we're joint heirs with Jesus. And so it is super, super, I mean, crucial that we learn to govern our minds. Okay. The governor of our lives will 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 be determined by our mind will the will the mindset of the flesh govern our lives or will the mindset of the spirit govern our lives you know mindset is really what coaching is all about right coaches whether they are you know, Tiger Woods coach, or they're an Olympic coach, you know, yes, they're teaching skills. I mean, Tiger has to know how to, you know, putt, he has to know how to, you know, 
uh, play the game of golf. But if you talk to anyone that is a high performance athlete, they are going to tell you the difference between being a champion and difference between losing the champion match is 100% between their two ears. Okay, this is why they will imagine, they will meditate on the game day and night, right? They will see themselves, uh, you know, hitting hole in ones. They will see themselves making their putt every single time because when they get into the game for real, they will have conditioned their mind. They will have conditioned their physiology. They will have conditioned themselves to show up as a a person who hits holes and ones. They'll be, they'll be conditioned to show up as a person who makes the putt every single time. You guys, there have been scientific studies that prove that our thoughts absolutely create physical reality. One of my favorite studies was done on a, a group of people regarding working out. Okay. This is a, a pretty, this will be a pretty fun testimony for some of you guys, even though it's not a testimony, it's a scientific study, but it is a testimony of what I'm saying. Uh, and maybe this will let you off the hook from ever having to go to the gym physically again. But anyway, they had two study groups and in one group, they basically told them you're going to go and work out at the gym every single day for, and I don't remember the time length, maybe it's like eight weeks and 10 weeks, whatever it was, they were going to go physically lift weights and work out during that time period. And then they took the other study group and they said, you're not going to go to the gym, but what you're going to do is you're going to work out mentally every single day. And so you're going to imagine yourself going to the gym. You're going to walk through the reps. You're going to, you're going to work out in your mind every single day. Okay, and so for eight weeks, 10 weeks, whatever it was, those what were, that is what the two groups were doing. One was actually going to the gym and one was just working out. They were imaginary working out, okay? <laughs> and at the end of the study, here's what it showed. It showed that the two groups had the exact same increase in their muscle mass, okay? This is a scientific study that proves that our thoughts create, our thoughts are creative. And these people did not actually go to the gym. They increased their muscle mass, mass through their imagination. Is this not incredible? This is an incredible, and I'm telling you, there are studies after studies after studies that have been done. This is the power of the placebo effect. This is the power of faith. But faith, when you break it down, it is a mindset. It is a way of thinking. It is a way of imagining. It is a way of meditating. And when we meditate on what we don't want and we worry and we think of things through the mindset of the flesh that is governed by just the physical realm, governed by lack, governed by fear, governed by the fear of running out, governed by the fear of death, the fear of being sick, the fear of COVID, whatever it is, the fear of the vaccine. Oh, I'm going there. When you, when you are in that mindset, Okay, you are creating. If you are afraid of the vaccine for all man, do not get it. Okay, if you are afraid of red dye and hot tamale candy, well, then don't eat it. Okay, I have prayed for many, many people with allergies, and there's always, in some level, either an inherited fear or their own fear of food somewhere in there. Why? Because fear is faith and it is creative. Why? Because our thoughts are creative. Our imaginations are creative. Again, this is why we do daily rituals. This is why I tell my students and I coach my clients that you have to get your mindset right in the morning because you're going to create all day long. So what are you going to create? Are you going to create your goals? Are you going to create your purpose? Are you going to create the life that God predestined or ordained for you to live? Or are you going to, are you going to create hell on earth? Are you going to perpetuate the same thinking, the habits, the same things that you've been doing every single day because you are caught in your unrenewed mind and you are not actively renewing it. You're not actively waking up and showing up in the world as a high performance human because you are a high performance human as a son of God. And we have a mind. Guess what? Our minds weren't automatically just made brand new uh, when we confessed Christ. Even though we began to experience what Jesus accomplished on the cross, meaning we began to, to know, oh gosh, I'm born again. Oh gosh, I, I am going to live eternally with God. We began to understand certain truths, but our minds are computers. They, I mean, bad input in, bad put input out. And so gaining 
control with the with the fruit of self-control you have the ability to do this because the holy spirit is in you uh you know god would not have spoken in the scriptures for us to take our thoughts captive if it wasn't if we weren't able to do it now i'm not saying that we do this in our own strength i'm saying that we do this in union with jesus we do this through the power of the holy spirit and the grace of the holy spirit is made perfect in our weakness so the the, the he is available to us he is available to help us take our thoughts captive and think on things that are lovely and think on the things that, that God is, is asking us to do and asking us to accomplish, which are incredible things. They're impossible things. God has a destiny for all of us that is bigger than what we think we can do because we need to think with the mind of Christ. It's not us that is that is doing it. It's Christ in us that is doing it. And so I want to say it again, you are a high performance human being, and we need to begin to operate like that. We have to recognize that our thought life is not just something that, you know, maybe we'll get around to, to focusing on someday, that know that our thoughts are creative. And if people can actually build muscle mass by imagining that they're going to work out, what in the world can we create? What kind of results can we have if we just begin to meditate and we begin to visualize and we begin to use our imaginations the way that God designed them to be used as a creative force that manifests divine health, that manifests divine wealth, that manifests heaven on earth. I now have another testimony from someone who doesn't even confess Christ, okay? Because this is a human being deal god created human beings in his image he created us to have dominion he created us to be divine by our very by the very fact that we were created like him everyone has a spirit everyone has these things whether they know they're a son of god whether they know jesus or not these laws are in operation because it's just the way the universe works it's just the way creation functions and so this works for believers and unbelievers because it's not really about, it's all about what we believe, right? And so this is why people, you know, things like, you know, we say new agers can do these things or other people that are operating out of these principles and understanding the power of positive thinking, understanding things like uh, visualization, like Tiger Woods or Olympic athletes. I mean, these principles are working universally because this is, this is a human, this is the way human beings are designed to work. Faith is not something that you just get, uh, it's something that we operate out of all the time. But when we are crucified with Christ, we no longer live out of just our human faith. We live by the faith of the Son of God. We live in union with Jesus. And now we have access to Jesus's faith. We have access to his mind. We have access to the way to his thoughts. And so, oh, okay, breathe. <laughs> this is awesome stuff, right? This is awesome stuff. Um, it means that we are not victims, guys, that if you want to change your life, change your thought life. If you want to change the way things are, are happening in your life, change what you're meditating on, change what you're imagining, change what you're visualizing every single day. And when your hit, feet hit the floor every single morning, put on Christ. Don't just put on your clothes, but put on Christ. Because when you put on Christ, guess what? Now, wow, I have now access to who I really am. I'm a superhuman. I'm Jesus. I'm Jesus in a chalice suit, right? I am, I am, I am showing up in the world today, minding my mind, governing my mind and creating on purpose. I'm not just going to let my default thinking, the mindset of the flesh, my unrenewed mind run the show today. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be aware of my thoughts instead of just thinking my thoughts. By the grace of God, I'm going to think on things that are lovely and pure and of good report. I'm going to look at my goals. I'm going to look at my purpose. I'm going to say these are the things that God has called me to accomplish. And by the grace of God, I'm going to see them finished. I'm going to step into my future. I'm going to visualize my, my, what it looks like in my future. You guys, this is the, this is primary. This is primary. This is how we create our, our purpose. This is how we create the things that God has called us to do. You know, when I, and I'll, I'll wrap with this last story, but when I was called to write my book, guys, I had never been an author. I had never done that, even though I was called to do it, even though God said you are an author, that you will write many, many books, 
right? I'd never done it before, but from God's perspective, it was already finished. So how I started that process is I began to visualize my finished book. I would visit the library of heaven and I would go and pull out my book and I would see the book. And actually I would begin to interact with that book while I was writing the book. And so it was more of like, I'm just, I'm just walking out in time in the natural realm. What is already finished in heaven, right? And I would visualize and I would visit my book. And then, you know, the other thing I did, I scheduled uh, the sessions that we do here and, uh, and, and rethink and, um, they're called rapid mind renewal sessions. And I scheduled one every single week when I was writing my book because I knew that I had mindsets, that I had bad programming in my mind that had hindered me from actually writing the book. So I was actively using and partnering with my brain, partnering with the mind of God, renewing my mind so that I could step into a new level of performance so that I could begin to manifest an identity, a part of my identity that I had yet to tap into. It was the potential was there, but I needed to get into agreement with the mind of God with with the future that he had planned for me with my identity as an author and get the mind trash out of my head that said oh you can't do this who are you to write this book oh another book on purpose I mean gosh that's just what do you have to say no one's gonna listen to you like why do you need to write that book blah 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 and at this point guys I mean thousands and thousands of people have read this book and I mean I cannot tell you the impact that it has had on people I mean I read it sometimes and I I mean again my little mind will come into judgment and think well, I don't know how that's so powerful or I'll think the, something negative, but it, that's not even true either because the Holy Spirit has anointed the words on those book and, and they, they can read a page of the book and God knows what Holy Spirit can teach them. I mean, I'm not in charge. That is a supernatural book. All right. And so I just want to share these, these truths with you because, you know, when we talk to people, we talk, I mean, I'll talk to people today. We talk to hundreds of people every single month about, you know, emerge about stepping into their purpose about working with me and coming into this agreement of who they are in heaven, right? Answering the five cues. Who is God? Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I headed? And how do I get there? And we interview hundreds, you know, hundreds of people every single month. And, and the truth is that the mindsets that people bring into our calls and bring into our interviews are going to determine, and it's why I don't, you guys, that's why you can't sign up for Emerge on my website, right? You can't sign up for Emerge on my website because not everybody's ready. Not everybody is ready to confront their unbelief. Not everybody is ready to uh, fully surrender to the call of God on their life and get out of the boat and walk on water and say, okay, I'm done living a natural life. I am done in this dang job that I hate, that I, I'm wasting my time at, that I'm just working for a paycheck and I'm done. Why, you know, But not everybody's ready. Why? Because it's scary. It's scary to say, oh gosh, well, how am I going to do this? Or where's the money going to come from? Or, oh, I've got all this debt. I can't da, 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 da. You know, I mean, there's all these natural reasons that keep people stuck in mediocrity, that keep people stuck in a life that they God never designed for them to live. But guess what, guys? I mean, we, we, we only enroll 10 to 15 people a month out of the hundreds of people that we hit, that we talk with. Why? Because the percentage of people that are ready to really confront this little sucker right here. They are ready. They are ready to confront their unbelief. They are ready to renew their minds. In other words, they're ready to write the book, right? They're ready to learn the principles that say, oh, wait, I'm a creative force. I am a superhuman, that my thought life matters. And I got to clean out this mind trash because if I'm going to create my destiny in partnership with Jesus, in union with Jesus, then I've got to get out of being carnal. I've got to get out of the way that I've been thinking about myself, about God, about what's possible, about money, about all of these things, guys, because there are no limitations. But we stay stuck in limitations because of this truth, the truths that I'm sharing today in, in this podcast. So, you know, as an action item, you know, as, as long as we're talking about this, if you have not scheduled a call with us or if you have scheduled a call with us, but for whatever reason you thought, oh, well, I can't do that. It's too much money or blah, blah, blah. You know what? Get back on with us. Say, you know what? I listened to episode two of of Shalisa's podcast, Are You In Your Right Mind? And I realized I'm not in my right mind. 
and I want to work with Rethink. I want to work with Shalise. I want to I want to step into high performance living. I want to step into supernatural living. I want to get on the path to purpose and stay on it because the way I'm living right now is miserable. I am living out of a carnal mind and I'm I, I don't know how to change. I need help. I need a coach. I need someone to believe in me when I'm not believing in myself. I need a community. I need a tribe of people that are going to see me when I forget, right? And so I just want to say, beloved, that we are here. This is why we exist. We are here to manifest sons of God who do the impossible. It's not impossible. It's just impossible in the human carnal mind. Okay. We are here to change the world. One world changer at a time. If you are, if, if you, if you are ready to believe, if you are ready to step out of mediocrity and you're ready to live from a place where, wow, my thoughts are creating incredible things. I'm healing people in Pakistan just because I, I heard that there was someone who needed healing and I just decided to meditate on it and see Christ go into their room and I watched them get healed, which by the way, we have seen those testimonies, guys. This stuff is real. It's real from a science perspective and it's real from a scriptural perspective. So anyway, if that's you, say, hey, you know what? I'm scheduling this call because I listened to this podcast and dang it, I am not in my right mind. And I'm done. I'm done living out of my brain. I'm done living out of my unrenewed mind. I want to get into the spirit. I want to understand these principles. I want to renew. I want to do get the mind trash out of there. And I'm ready to understand who I am from God's perspective, what he's called me to do. And dang it, I'm going to partner with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be spiritually minded. And we're going to co-create this thing together and live in union every single day while we do it. We'll then schedule a call. All right, guys. <clears throat> I will, um, we'll be putting this up on, you know, our normal channels here. And, and you know what? Give it to your friends. Give it to your friends. Share the, share the wealth. Amen. Share the goodness that you are getting from these podcasts. You know, you can get a free copy of my book at, um, thepathfreebook.com. You can go to Amazon and get a copy of the book. Give, give the book as Christmas presents. Give the book as Thanksgiving presents. Just give it because you love someone and you know, you know that they, it's that there's a call of God on their life, but they're not living it or that they're miserable or whatever. You guys, let's, let's together make a decision that we are a tribe of world changers, that we are high performance, supernatural beings, and that we are going to do this thing. All right. God bless you. I love you. Have a supernatural week. Get in your right mind and be spiritually minded. All right. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Shalise's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalise.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalise's book, the path for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose he created you for, then visit us at shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.